Today, we're connecting with Kim Cutable, author of Branding and Interior Design. And when we say connect, we mean our minds were blown. We went way deeper than just branding. We talk about self-worth and really defining our value. Because if we don't show up as our true selves, we won't attract our dream clients. Let's go. of Studio Plum. And I'm Sean of Renstead Interiors. We're interior designers, turned internet friends, turned real life friends. Welcome to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. We're not that hot or that young. Every week we'll be spilling the tea on how a new generation of interior designers can run their businesses. Welcome Welcome to to the the club. club. Our guest today is Kim Cutable. Kim founded Me by Design in 2011 to help boost the profile, press, and profitability of the interior design industry. Through her coaching, Kim has helped designers reach six and seven figure revenue goals. She is also the author of the book, Branding and Interior Design, Visibility and Business Strategy for Interior Designers. Welcome, Kim. Thank you for having me. Welcome to the show. So excited. We're very excited. For our listeners who may not be familiar with you, could you share a little bit about your background that brought you to where you are today? And then maybe what brought you into the book? Yeah. So I am a creative and I started writing when I was really young and then started acting was my first profession. So I left school. I got into a touring show and then I got into a bunch of different you know, shows and then did some animation and sort of working the theater element. But I am a non-traditional looking person. And so I learned very early on that I would have to create my own work in order to have work. And Mm. so I moved into production and started, first of all, I was writing and producing shows in theater and then eventually moved into production and was working on film projects that I wrote. And then that kind of quintessential creative, just like moving from thing to thing, then moved into (laughs) production, was toggling back and forth between acting and production. And then finally, it was like at some point, okay, this is this is not a big enough container in the way that I was getting roles and things. I I had much more to do in the world. Mm -hmm. And so. I was also exhausted from production and the way that, (laughs) you know, it's so, it's so life sucking really becomes everything. And I started working with a success coach, a business coach and sort of stumbled into this design business in the sense that I'd been on some design shows. I covered interior design. I pitched articles that didn't get into the show programming. I was like, well, I'm going to pitch them to a newspaper and I'm going to get them published. And like still um, keep giving it life. Still no keep matter giving what life, you get. I was, I was stubborn. You know, I have my things that I like. And I was like, I don't care if you don't think it's a good idea. I think it's a brilliant idea and I'm going to try to get it, you know, somewhere. And then I ended up putting together a package of service for designers, which was initially around creating content. Kind of like, mm-hmm. I think I was, blogs were just starting. I was like, maybe going to do mm-hmm. some blog content. I, my very first client, I did video for her and then did some other things. And then I, I sold another one. I was like, this is, well, this is interesting. And then sold another one. And I was like, oh, well, this is a kind of a made up job. And I was really in the first, <laughs> you know, year and a half, two years, I was like, this is, this is weird. Like I'm a filmmaker. I don't understand what it is I'm doing over here. And I'm a spiritual person. So I had asked for spiritual help and I had asked for, you know, I kind of put it out there that I wanted to be of a high level of service. And I was saying, you know, to source, what exactly are you doing with me at this moment? Because this is not a good use of my skills. I didn't think. And then I started to understand that this was me learning about leadership and Mm. feminine leadership Mm -hmm. because, and I say that because creative men embody femininity in the way that, in the way that the typical non-creative man does not, right? And creative Mm -hmm. women embody more masculine energy. So Mm. there is a real set of, I believe, feminine 
principles underlying the way that designers lead. And I started to really understand this and then see how it connected to all of the other work that I'd done around belonging, around women, around leadership. And now I'm in this place where I have other things that are starting to expand out from this knowledge because I really do believe that creatives are really poised to change the way the world operates. And when we talk a lot about women in this moment, but I do believe it's the feminine. And when mm. we look at feminine principles of collaboration and connection and some of these things that haven't been highlighted in the current system, mm-hmm. that's what's so exciting to me about all of the work that comes out of creatives heads. Mm-hmm. I've got an idea to solve this and I'm going to do this. And then all of a sudden they've got a business started out of nowhere, kind of like me, right? Yeah. You go from thing to Relatable. thing to thing, you know? I've had this on my shelf for a couple years now. Oh, that makes me feel great. Thank you so much. <laughs> I found it was other designers sharing, you know, oh, I've been reading this or I've go back to it several times a year and like revisit where I was and think about it again. And I think that's, that's also the importance of it is knowing that other designers aren't afraid to tell you that they're still learning and growing from it. Yeah. I often tell this story, but I started writing the book one way and then sort of midway through the book kind of took over. And I Mm. joke that I'm channeling the dead ladies, right? Because I started finding all these stories of these designers who had passed. And I would be like, wow, how how is this not more part of our story or more part Mm. of our industry lore? And so just even asking those questions had me write the book in a different direction. And Uh, from all art perspective, I think that art has its own energy that we, you know, mm -hmm. the creation comes through you is how I feel. And Mm -hmm. so this book has its own energy. And when I get clients and I've had clients come from, you know, different parts of the world, it comes in with a certain kind of client who wants to lead. There is definitely a a leadership energy underneath Mm -hmm. it. And I sometimes will joke that it's it's a little bit of a subversive feminist manifesto too, you know, for, for men and women, obviously creatives, but the idea that it is about really making sure that the creative voice Mm -hmm. is the most prominent. We, we have such a conversation about finances in this business. I notice people like, Mm -hmm. how can I get people to a bigger budget? And I'm, I'm saying you're not selling your spreadsheet. You're, right. You are selling your ability to manage the project, but it's your vision, your creative vision that's really going to – that's Attract. what's inimitable. Yeah, that's what is priceless. And attractive. Like that's what people who are looking for designers are looking for. They're not looking for the – yeah, best Google Sheets. <laughs> no, some, I mean, some are. I mean, you're, you're it's helpful. Those, it's helpful. Yeah. And you also get those budget clients. But is is that what you want? You might want that. That's okay. It's just going to give you a different model. And then, choose it. You make it really clear that you can design your business and it should be a choice and strategic from the beginning. And a choice of and a reflection of who you are. Right. So the the business and the creative work you want to do and the ideas that come through you have their own container that they need. There Which is exactly questions. what you're saying with designers presence. There's so many designers out there who are just focused on the internal content, which is obviously important, but if it's not packaged so that anybody wants to pick it off the shelf, it's useless. But now we're in a place where it's possible for these ideas to flourish in a way where they would have just been smacked down Mm -hmm. so much earlier because we do have a pathway to potential clients and there's so much more access to us now where if big industries could push us out before, your voice just wouldn't be heard. They could shut it down so much faster. That's right. And the internet has given us that. It's the Mm -hmm. internet where we can access you guys with your podcast, me with a book, although it was a small indie publisher, but even through my own work and my mailing list, right? Which Mm -hmm. is how it kind of started. 
I can reach my audience without the interference of a gatekeeper. Yeah. And that is what has changed everything. That's what's changed even how who is viewed as beautiful or normal or even why on a you know more broader political le- level why Black Lives Matter is moving forward. Like why so mm-hmm. many things are possible in this moment because we have cameras and we have a way to broadcast. Yeah. And connect. Mm -hmm. That's really making me think about like this idea of tying it into feminism and the feminine and historically, culturally, women tend to work well together to help each other. And Mm -hmm. it's always been more acceptable where it seems like typical male leadership is to go forth and conquer independently and be like the sole leader where the hen party, whatever is back at home, but we're really making things happen together and helping each other. Mm -hmm. And so this idea of the internet and technology helping us gather and build community in a way that feels really natural for us and to be vulnerable together publicly in a way, like I've really noticed that my career and my kind of independence took off when I was vulnerable online and found a community mm-hmm. and other women mostly were able to connect with my story only because I was sharing it where I think like historically, maybe we would have been in a sewing circle. This is exactly it. Even just by be- being yourself and modeling a woman in business, doing all of these different things at this mm-hmm. time, because just as you said, we would have been in a sewing circle. We would have been in a hen party. We wouldn't have been out in public in this way. So the the craft, mm-hmm. the art of, you know, the craft movement, the arts mm-hmm. and crafts movement, a very powerful history behind it. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about the documented version, but there's the undocumented version of so many women's lives, the so invisible many. threads that mm-hmm. so many women have li- been living and gay men as well, right? The untold stories yeah. that yeah. are hidden, that are now finally coming into the light. Yeah. And that can't not shift things. And you don't even have to quote unquote do anything. You don't have to have followers. You just have to be yourself. Mm-hmm. And yeah. isn't that the goal? We're all here to supposed to be ourselves, right? So. But I still find that people are so hesitant to do it. And it's mostly women. Mm -hmm. We've started coaching listeners. And we've noticed that many women struggle with putting their literal face anywhere. Yeah, just just on Instagram, let alone even just having a picture on their website of themselves. Like stories is like, oh my God, I can't do Instagram (laughs) stories. I can't talk to the camera. But then not even on their website, is there a photo of them? And I just think... This idea of visibility is a feminist movement, I think, and embracing who we actually are, whatever age, whatever size, whatever background. Mm-hmm. We, we have, have to, to remember, do though, it. It, it. We do have to do it, but it comes, it has come historically with threat. Mm-hmm. First of all, even going back to interior design, for a woman to work was considered not good, right? Like if you were right, more allowed, like a prostitute or an actress, right? So right. that was like the, the two things that in society anyway. It so was illegal for that's right. And it was illegal of as well. Right. So right. couldn't have for, your own bank account. And that was <laughs> until the seventies. Like yeah, that's what's so, so crazy. appalling. I mean it's not that long ago. No, I was alive. Yes, me too, right? So, but I'm, I, I'm in shock. You can't. I feel like I'm here at exactly the right time. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. even myself, I have a son who is adopted, and I, there was an older woman who lives across the hall from me who said, "You're so lucky." And in my like, mm-hmm. you know, momentary snarkiness, I was thinking to myself, "Well, why didn't you just adopt somebody?" And then I thought, because she couldn't. Hmm. Would you realize yeah. it was illegal for women who were single to adopt? 
So mm-hmm. there's all kinds of things we are just experiencing in this moment. I'm writing my next book right now, but epigenetics, just to briefly put it, it's kind of like cellular memory in a way. It's the cellular, the cellular inheritance of our mothers and grandmothers so that emotions are actually inherited as well. The work that I do with clients is, is some things don't actually belong to them that mm-hmm. they're looking at. So exactly. when we can get around that, that's, that's when your work here on the planet begins. But sometimes mm-hmm. we're, we have all these other things in the way. And so the visibility piece is huge for women. And I have a client who we probably worked together eight years ago, and she's now achieved kind of all her first round of dreams. But when she first started with me, she didn't know website, photo, no, I mean, nothing. Now she's been published and all kinds of great things have happened to her, but it was a journey. And the business journey, the way I look at doing business is that it is, especially as a creative, it is part of your learning and emotional journey. So mm-hmm. you're going to be a different person and you're going to have different challenges that you're going to have to look at. Everybody loves the spreadsheets, <laughs> but surviving <laughs> they're for longer than one. a you know, I know. And I like, I like spreadsheets too, but you know, surviving for a hot minute is about emotional. Your spreadsheet wasn't helping you during COVID. I don't care mm-hmm. how well you were doing. No, right? yeah. It's emotional discipline. It is cultivating, understanding what your values are, trying mm-hmm. to get ideas to get you through the moment. So there, there, from my perspective, business is really holistic and we mm-hmm. have yeah. to do it from the inside out. Totally agree. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask how you feel what your answer is to people that say I'm a private person? Yeah. I feel like that's something um, that I've heard. Yeah, I think that's very common. I think you can be a private person, but is your work meant to be private? And also mm. is is the way that you're being – because there are lots of designers who fly under the radar and they might have the network to do that. Right. But if you're here to be in true service and there are ideas within you that – are not making it out in the world because of you, then in my mind, you're not fulfilling your part of the contract. Because I do believe your contract is to let that idea through you and then to be a mom to it or to doula it into existence, right? So Mm -hmm. if you're not taking it and sharing it with people, letting people know you're, you're not being part of the solution that it is here to be. And the second thing I would say is that you can be private and choose what it is you want to reveal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and then the, the last thing I say sometimes is, you know, if you knew a 10-year-old little girl or boy was looking at you and understanding what they could or who they could or couldn't be in the world by virtue of who you are in this moment, mm-hmm. would you choose to remain as private about certain details or not. Something that really sticks out to me about this, and, and particularly in LGBT experiences, and, and I don't know if you watched RuPaul's Drag Race. I don't, it's not about the show. <laughs> oh, but everybody <laughs> quotes me on this show. I need to watch, I need to watch so the episodes. This what's is great, loves this. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a great entertaining show, but something that really comes out that, that RuPaul does as the host of the show is to tell the stories of of the cast members on the show to share their unique experiences. Something that they do frequently is they come back to people and they show them a picture of them as children. And they say, what would you say to this version of you? You know, this five-year-old version of you, this six-year-old version of you. And so when you said that, that's what connected me to that is it's not just saying it to myself, but even just saying it to the other younger people that are out there. And in some senses, because creatives go through these wild journeys of reinvention, they are back to a childlike or a pubescent state when they start over their careers. So we are still talking to each other when someone is getting ready to switch careers. They're a a kid again, in a sense. And they need, we need to say to each other those things that no one else was saying and showing them what that looks like. And protect them by Mm -hmm. saying it. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we don't think we're worthy. There's a lot of worth issues that come up with designers. Mm-hmm. And uh, and 
you know, if your story has been traditionally hidden in the culture, you're not going to see as much worth in it. So we're just coming into this value right now mm-hmm. at, on mass. And that shifts what you think is important to tell. And a lot of times, if there's even a hesitation, like if you think, should I say this? You should. I'm of, of the belief that if you think you should say something, you're not sure, you should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody and needs to hear it. Somebody needs to hear it or somebody needs your help mm-hmm. yeah. or or you are that, you know, there's all kinds of quotes about this, but you could be that turning point for someone in that moment. I, I noticed with this, I have a son and he, so he's likes to say hi to everybody. He's two and we'll be out. And I know when there was a day, there was a homeless woman and she was sitting there and he was like, hi. And she, I mean, she teared up. And she Mm -hmm. was just like, thank you so much. You made my day. And he doesn't have a context for what her life is. I don't either. But it it does make her day. You just never know. You never Mm -hmm. know what somebody's going through. To take that into the perspectives we're talking about here is to let people's experiences be seen, to let them know that whatever they're experiencing is important. And for us as designers, if we're thinking about who are we talking to our potential clients? I, th- I think there's this drive to feel like, oh, I should talk to everyone. Mm-hmm. But in reality, we can't talk to everyone. We can't be of service to everyone because we can't be our best doing that at all times. But we, we can speak to someone specifically mm-hmm. and be of service to those people. And I know that that's something you talk about a lot in your book that it's, almost like finding that person that you're talking to or who who you're trying to get your message across to finding your fit and you don't always know who that person is or who you're going to help you know they mm-hmm. I write to one person who I believe my client ideal client is but I get other people same with the book right the book I wrote to a certain person but the book attracts everybody who comes in kind of on that frequency mhm one of the things that I was thinking about when you were we were just talking about this is so the pain of your experience. I had a client saying, Well, how am I like what is that relevant to design? Like, so I went through this and this, I did this and this, like this has nothing to do with designing someone's house. And mm-hmm. I said, You're right. And it, it, in a sense, like they don't need to hear that story to buy your design services. But the result, the lesson you learned from that. That's what you sell. So if your time working in government taught you that people, all people have X, Y, or Z, or all people Mm -hmm. need X, Y, or Z, that's the insight that goes into your marketing. Learn how to communicate the truth of your aesthetic, the truth of your values, and the people who need to hear that will become your clients. The audience we're trying to build, that's going to resonate to them. That's right. And and I think we try to control this. So we spend a lot of time in strategic actions. We're going to do Instagram. Mm -hmm. We're going to do LinkedIn. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And I'm saying, well, who are you going to talk to? (laughs) And is your client, you want to get this big Instagram strategy going over there. Is your client even over there? And if your client is not over there, why are you talking to them? Those things are Mm -hmm. just channels that we use to reach the people who need to hear us. But you cannot say the right thing to the wrong person or the wrong thing to the right person. (laughs) You just can't. It doesn't. So you can only, the best we can do, the easiest thing we can do is be ourselves and let the cards fall as they may. Mm-hmm. And when you're first starting to do this, you may see that ripple effect of relationships may change. You may ha- yeah. have to, some will go away. Some will have to be renegotiated. But if you are not aligned with your own soul and you, the last thing you need to do is feel lonely because you're not listening to yourself. Mm-hmm. So once you have your voice and you're using your voice in a certain way and you're expressing your creativity and the ideas, that's naturally going to draw a certain kind of person to you. Right. 
And, and, that, and hopefully there's collaboration and money. And my, I do believe money comes with yeah. that because it's worth like if you're not aligned with your own worth. I mean, there's like I mean, I'm struggling with this and had this whole thing with my bookkeeper yesterday who said she works only with interior designers and says it's common. Is it like if you literally don't value your own worth, you're literally not do, billing for your time, ding, ding. which yeah. is like a direct <laughs> translation to your bottom line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you don't value your worth, I mean, it just comes all the way through everything that you present and everything that you do and how you carry yourself and attract. And, and there, look, we're, we're not all we have bad days. Right. I mean, to what Sean was saying about like ups and downs and we're reinventing ourselves. And in those downward little dips there, you might be like, like, you yeah. know, feeling like crap and maybe don't sell on those days. Hmm. Right. We can develop processes to support us in communicating our value when we need to. But if you are simply just authentically communicating your ideas and to the best of your ability, they're coming through you, they have their own natural frequency. Mm -hmm. And so it's up to you not to diminish it. If the art you're creating has its own frequency, Mm -hmm. you're Mm -hmm. going to attract a certain kind of person. And it is your job to uphold that frequency. So there's so many variables When I teach pricing, pricing is a frequency. There's Mm -hmm. who you value yourself as, but then there's all of the elements that go into your brand that add value. And there are things that people might not know that you do Mm -hmm. that add value. And once you're really skilled in communicating those things, tangible and intangible, that's when your business does better because you're drawing the clients who really understand that. Something that really resonated in this, this idea of the, like that client in the, in your book, you talk about designers are selling lifestyle to their clients that were creating a world that they want to live in. You do mention it, it can be the way that a designer themselves lives. If, mm-hmm. if we have that sort of lifestyle component to what we do, but that's something that really connects to people. What do you think it is about that that is so important? I think that we all want to feel comfort. We've noticed this during this whole COVID business, especially, mm-hmm. right? We all want to feel comfortable at home. And the design process is so transformational, especially if you look just the, the physicality of going from a gut renovation to the finished product, what right. all of the steps involved and what that looks like. You're going to feel like a different person in there. Mm-hmm. And so I really believe that your ability to create someone's world, you're kind of like a design Sherpa, right? You're taking them along <laughs> the journey and you're helping them. You're encouraging them to embody that next level of transformation Mm-hmm. And to embody the lifestyle that they say that they want. And even when you're saying to someone like, oh, hey, well, I'm going to give you exactly the style that you want. It's still through your lens. Now, yeah. I, I don't want to get started on the designers who just kind of copy other designers. I'm in some threads where I see work posted. I just want to make this. I'm going to do this for a client. It's like, well, that's somebody else's work. Could you do your right. take on it? Could you actually yeah. have some integrity in your business? <laughs> like, are yeah. you paying you? Right. But I mean, there's all kinds of, I won't even go there. Uh, like, we, we've we been there too. Okay. We, <laughs> we, we do download on we that know. on other stuff. We're yeah. with that and we're of a like mind in that sense. Yeah, it's like, But anyway, so the point is, is you really have an opportunity there to help them, again, embody who they say they want to be and their Mm -hmm. next level. And so that comes with a price. Not everybody can do that. Hey, hotties. Have you ever listened to the show and wished you could ask us questions? Well, we just opened up private coaching sessions. Now you can book one or two hour Zoom sessions with Rebecca and me. Together, we bring over 40 years of experience in our combined professional backgrounds to help you with marketing, finance, and business strategy. We're here to guide you on 
anything from branding to systems to the emotional guidance that you need to run your business. Book today at hotyoungdesignersclub.com slash coaching or use the book now button on our Instagram. We can't wait to meet you. Yeah, we've talked about this before. Like you mentioned doula and I do feel like there is an element of that. Like I have a client right now who is one of the clients is not overly comfortable with this idea of transformation Mm -hmm. and she feels like it's not going to be her home anymore. So she's a little bit resistant and it's a little bit of a challenge, but I realized my role is to make her feel safe. Comfort is also safety Mm -hmm. and we have to feel the most safe at home. And part of that is seeing us ourselves in our homes. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I'm kind of having to shift my process and realize, oh, I have to really slow down and help her like breathe through it. (laughs) Back to my (laughs) doula experience. Um, And really slowly evolve into the finished product and set up to me. I'm like, Woo, let's just like whip away the move that bus and like ta-da, ta-da. like that would freak her out because you already know where it's going creatively you've right. been through that journey in your mind but and she right. doesn't Some have cl- that like same most, faith like. yeah and most clients do want that move that bus moment where they wake up in a new house and it's ta-da, it's over if only but that was <laughs> she but for only her, that was she reality, would be like yeah. i don't know where i'm at like i'm not comfortable anymore and, and she doesn't feel connected um, to her home it's so That's I have to make sure she's force. like slowly like connecting step by step and slowing the process down for her, I guess. That's so. actually, that's, that's wonderful distinction because then the next question I would ask you if I was coaching you is, does that suit you? Mm-hmm. And if it does, that's wonderful because that's something I would highlight in mm-hmm. my sales copy. And maybe not on the website, but maybe it's in that delivery document or that first meeting. If you're noticing, oh, hey, I'm always attracting the people who are a little bit like scared of the transformation. They're slow Mm -hmm. and they start to freak out. Mm -hmm. Then I'm going to start to talk about that. Hmm, I I do like it. This, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I think. There's some clients and that's wonderful because that's what makes you different. Mm. Right. That's part of your defining way of being. And also that you're listening so intently. Yeah. So it's that, like the empath part of me, I feel like can relate to that. Mm-hmm. So it is like identifying that in the beginning. And, and, so and that, then pushing it, push, leaning into it. Yeah. You know, if, if it serves you on all levels, like if, you right. know, if she's like slower, <laughs> she like <laughs> decides she hates your work later, like, no, that's not a fit, right? But if she's right. slower and then she's grateful and you're doing and the your results best come work. Out. Yeah. yeah. And what I love about what you were saying is it sounds like it had you look at your process and without ego, mm-hmm. because there's sometimes looking at your process, like I know this works. I'm mm-hmm. not going to relent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the ability to say, I'm okay being flexible in this area. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that this client could have this instead. And so it just opens you up to a new idea. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, like they can be responsive to that idea versus if you say like, I know this doesn't work. If we do this, it's not going to get where we want to go. That's one way to look at it. But in the way you guys are talking, it's the, I think they're going to respond to this. I'm okay changing the way I do this. It's not a, I need to have fences around this moment. I like the therapy part of what we do. I know Sean doesn't always love that. I do have in my copy on some of my consultations <laughs> that I resolve marital disputes because I feel like I am the good party <laughs> who will listen to both sides. And we've like yeah. talked about it. Sean's like, I do not want to get involved in their <laughs> marital shit, but I don't know. I feel like I can empathize <laughs> Yeah, their white oak versus walnut debate. I think part of it is also the coming in. Rebecca, you had a, such a good phrase. And I can't remember it, but it's like the 
dictator of taste or something <laughs> like it's but it's it goes back i think it was dictator of taste where it's the i was talking about an artist it was an author that i read yeah we were i might have been frank lloyd right because he oh, we, yeah. you were reading a book about how he like designed the whole lifestyle for people right yes. and it relates to that idea of that's still a psychological thing for clients to be able to say I'm confident you're not going to like how that looks. And here's why. <laughs> yes. And this is why my solutions accomplishes all of that for you. And it doesn't have to be overthought or it can be a really simple, but beautiful or elegant solution to the problems we're having. And I think that's still psychological. It may not be on the as we would refer to it as high on the woo-woo scale of the <laughs> philosophy, but it's still that ph philosophically telling someone, like giving them the confidence. And, and that's part of that Experience sales technique too. is to say, I'm confident you're going to love this. And I have absolutely no reason to tell you you would if you're not, because I don't just disappear the moment it gets installed. So I still have to fix it or right. be involved and, but I, I think, think also, I think part. that's fine, Sean, too, to like to, to not want to be involved. Like I'm not like there's some people <laughs> I have some clients. They're more like turnkey. You give me yeah. your keys and go away and I will <laughs> fix it for you. Right. There's yeah. that, too. And then I have other clients who are like, I love the collaboration. I hate it when I'm not involved. So mm -hmm. you have to this is that part of the branding process where, which clients skip, which is really knowing who you are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's so important. and being willing to be honest about who you are with yourself. Yeah. So Cause then. that's going back to attracting the client because yes. like Sean and I probably wouldn't attract the same client and we shouldn't. And also then to the, the next point that there's still plenty of clients for yes. both of you exactly. that nobody has to have a meltdown. Like we can all be different. So you might do all this work. And then you come to, this is my ideal client. This is what I like to do. And this is what my website looks like. And, blah, blah, blah. and then three years or five years or even one year later, you might be in a totally different place. Yeah. And yes. honor that. And don't be afraid to, there's, and you get this constantly with clients. I have this work in my portfolio. Everybody keeps hiring me to do that work that is in my portfolio, but it's not what's in my head. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, what the hell are you still marketing with that for? Well, because how else am I yeah. going to get work? And I, and that's where I'm like, well, we're going to figure out a strategy for that because you you got that work without that work before. So there's mm -hmm. got to be a way, right? There's and a so path it, to it. Yeah, there's a path. So again, my stance is for you as a creative on your journey, and so it's about what you learned as a creative what you continue to learn, and then you learn through your business and running your business, but you become a, an evolved person through it. So be willing to let yourself expand. Yeah. I love hearing about creatives again. I feel like <laughs> what you mentioned <laughs> earlier, I mean, I am a creative at heart. I have always operated from that mindset and that kind of like emotional <laughs> baggage place. I come from a graphic design and marketing background and moved into interior design three years ago. And it's always, and it's been this process of me catching up with how the interior design business industry works. Right. There's a lot to learn. It's very, very important, but I, you're just making me remember that I've forgotten about the creative part. I feel like the really successful designers in our industry don't talk about that and it's almost like not belittled but it's minimized that creativity isn't the most important thing it's getting business profit blah 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 do you think some of that is the desire to create a credible industry that everyone was striving to really sell the value of designers so much that we've now mm -hmm. just gone the opposite end of it. Instead of focusing on why we're so good at what we do as creatives, we've just focused on you should take us seriously. Mm. I think that, I think that's a, also a certain kind of person who doesn't mm -hmm. fundamentally value. And, and this goes mm -hmm. back to the larger cultural things about, uh, you know, designers. It was like, Oh, the housewives. Right. Mm -hmm. Like the little housewives had their little design business. It wasn't. And yeah, so little. people got all up 
in arms about and, and my thing is who gives a shit what they think like it's not important like, it's that's like, right it's yeah. what is what you know why you're here i also think coming from another industry is actually an advantage because i certainly did coming from production is definitely related but what yeah. and i'd worked on design shows so i understood a lot of things but I also was like, yeah, no, that's not true. You don't have to do that. Like, I also kind of <laughs> knew, like, there's some things people were doing. I was like, yeah, you don't have to do that. Like, mm -hmm. and I, I knew that having created things from nothing. And so that's what I taught. And that's why clients did start to do so well. And that's, I think, why I moved so quickly in the beginning is what I was <laughs> willing to say. There was a whole industry of a certain kind of dude, let's just put it this way. Yeah, yeah. Who was selling fear. They still are, there's fewer of them now, but who sold, who sold fear mm -hmm. to designers. You need to do this. You need to do this. And you need to pay to do this. And because preying on that sort of inner creative, which is often very vulnerable and, and has yes. insecure moments. We have to rise up out of it, right? Oh, you don't understand business. Whatever it is they said to to them that we're still dusting off, you know? And I know from my own experience coming along and going, wait, what? What did they say? Oh, that's, that's baloney. And then just like kind of doing something else with people. And then that took off. And then everybody's like, you know, it's interesting. All I'll say is, for you two both, and you're already, you know, showing such leadership is to just be yourself. Like mm -hmm. we cannot, we move, this is for every person listening, the industry mm -hmm. changes and evolves and moves forward because there is some idea living in the dark reaches of your brain that needs to just come out and see the light. You were given it. I love Elizabeth Gilbert's yeah, Big Magic. Big Magic is yeah. Such a wonderful book if you haven't read it for anybody listening. But that book, you know, ideas choose you. I really do believe that. They they land and you are there to, I say doula them. You're there to doula them out, right? And to get them into the world because you have the unique ability to do that. So you've got to let your creative speak through you, even when you're being paid for it. Because that's what, you don't go to Kelly Wurstler and say, yeah, are you really good with accounting? Right? That's not why you signed uh, up for Kelly Wurstler. Mm -mm. Right. You go to her because you want that crazy napkin drawing for some. <laughs> that's right. Like, she's like, I was at lunch and I thought of this perfect thing for your project. And I drew it on this napkin from this restaurant. And I know it doesn't look like much right now, but hold on. I'm going to give this to my team. And then she does. And people are like, where did that come from? Like. Right. That's yeah, the heard, clouds part, the, the angels sing on you moments. Like, <laughs> I heard live Nate, for that. I heard Nate Burgess do a keynote last year, and he said he literally does not own a computer. And he does all of his references and all of his ideas through photos of travel on his phone. He didn't really talk about how he executed it with his team, but <laughs> there are people on his team with computers, but that's yeah. not what he, he's there to like channel the vision and make it happen in other ways and not be the, he's not the spreadsheet guy. <laughs> he's yeah. not doing that. I do, wanna, I do want to ask a question because there's obviously this today, we're not spending time like going through all these strategies in the book because that's not really what that's about. I would encourage our, our listeners, the hotties to get the book to go through the exercises because there's work really that you can download on her website. It's really, they're really super actionable. And one of the things I want to touch base on is this idea of social media in general, because you, there are a lot of strategies that are still immediately applicable to work that is achievable and can be done. And we do hear from a lot of designers who say like, Oh, I don't need marketing. I just rely on word of mouth from past clients. How would you respond to that? It depends on how good your word of mouth is. Mm -hmm. And again, if you are going through one of these move ups or level ups in the way you look or re-envisioning of your aesthetic and the referrals are for work that you don't care to do, mm. what's well, a problem? So some people have put more focus on, I've just got to make money. I don't care how I get it. And that is good for people for a while, but I, I – consistently get clients who burn out right. because they're miserable. They become miserable at a time because you're creative, right? right? And it doesn't work. So 
I believe that marketing is at its basic a conversation you are having with the people who need to hear from you about the creativity that comes through you and how mm-hmm. it's going to transform their lives. Is that simple? So you can have that conversation anywhere. Some people, their channel is to be an influencer, but it's not the only thing you have to do. And so there are many different ways to run a business. So it always comes back to vision for me is what is your vision and how does that vision need to be carried out? So people need to market. You just need to, you need to do marketing. So I I have clients who, for example, want to do things that have nothing to do with the clients they want to serve. And sometimes I'm like, cool, follow that instinct because you're excited. As an example, I have a lot of clients who have ignored their painting. They were Mm. painters. And so I invite them to get back to that often. However, I did a session with a client yesterday and I said, you know, I see you in this certain Facebook group a lot, giving advice to designers who probably could be doing the research on their own about how to solve certain problems. And I said, Mm. you're so sweet, but oh my God, what a waste of time for you (laughs) to be doing that because why are you not using that time to sketch out the products I know you have in your head that we've talked about? Mm. Like we use it as a time suck sometimes, right? (laughs) And so I just said to her, maybe you need to reallocate. Let's try this for a month. There are other aspects that she is really excited about for her business that are, oh, I don't have time. I don't have time. Like you do have time. You have Mm -hmm. about 30 minutes across those Facebook answers that you're going back and forth with. That you put those into something. Put it into something else. And that is so important. You know, we need decompression time, but I would ask, are you decompressing by filling with more media? And you're, you're a visionary. So sometimes we fill up on other people's media. Yeah, it's sometimes, it's sometimes bad to be influenced by so many other inputs that we, we're now not getting the clear version of, of what we're really meant to be putting out anymore because it's all getting this buildup on it from all these other sources. It's too and much noise. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's diluting what we're really trying to do for ourselves or for our clients or in our business or with our families. And there are designers doing things because their peers are doing them, not because they really want to. Mm-hmm. So that's a problem too, because if somebody says, well, I have to be on Instagram, I say, well, you don't again, but if your clients are there, then it is mindset. Like you said, like we control what we talk about, but mm-hmm. the things that the more we share about the real us, the more we're going to connect with the people we're supposed to. I love this, the whole conversation. <laughs> and I, I think there's definitely work to be done for ourselves as creatives, work that translates directly to the businesses that we're building. Then even that, that next degree, it translates immediately to the work we're attempting to create for our design clients because they are all connected and that clarity that we get transfers so much easier and our work is better and we're happier so there's that life of abundance that builds around that we have a set of questions that we ask each guest we call them the burning questions and and the the first thing i would ask you is what's one piece of advice that you would give designers to help them attract their dream client be yourself. Be yourself. That's based on everything we've said here today, but really be yourself. What have you done for professional development recently that you would recommend to our listeners? I attend virtual conferences a lot. Mm-hmm. So the last one was the the California Women's Conference. I was at that. Saw Stacey Abrams speak. Saw some great speakers. Mm-hmm. It was an incredible day, even though it was virtual, it's not as fun <laughs> as being there live. But yeah. I, I do do conferences quite a bit because, and I like to do conferences that aren't necessarily related to the industry mm-hmm. because I like to take ideas from other places and bring them back and apply them over the design industry. That's been I love helpful. that. Smart. Yeah. It's really helpful. Very smart. What's one design element that you've been attracted to lately, like materials or objects or finishes? Let me see. 
I'm a bit of a this is really not going to be popular with designers, but it's <laughs> I'm I'm kind of obsessed with Ruggable. I'm obsessed oh, yeah. with that. I'm obsessed with that company a little bit and the founder because I love First of all, because I have children and pets, and so there's <laughs> there's pee everywhere in my life. Pretty much. So I really, I just really like being able to put the thing in the washing machine, and I love my pad, and I, I just I I love it. So I'm kind of a little bit obsessed with it's smart with that right now, like the the products that are an, an extension of been reinvented. Yeah, mm-hmm. they found that gap in the market and fully went into it knowing that there was going to be a built-in audience who's like, finally, finally, <laughs> finally I can and have I, rugs. <laughs> finally. Like I, I, that's exactly what I said. Finally, I can have rugs. And I know yeah. there's like some designer backlash. Oh, they're not great quality. They're not pretty. I'm like, yeah, I love my ruggables. And <laughs> I just, it's they not fit popular, a need in your life. They fit a need in my life. And you know, at some point I'll have the expensive Persian rug, but right now, this is really good. Okay. If you could be on the set of any TV show or movie, what would it be? Yeah. So I thought about this. I was thinking about this one and I have to have two answers because, <laughs> you know, my, I love Mrs. Maisel, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love yeah. that. I love that. It's the wardrobe and I love that decade. I love that kind of apartment style. But just in my heart from like of old is the Friends set, of course. Like I just love that Friends <sighs> apartment still. Like I can't, I still see it and go, oh, Friends apartment. That's the most common answer I think we've gotten. Yeah. Ma- Maisel or the Friends apartment? Oh, Friends, friends apartment. Yeah. It's so, it's so it's such an iconic apartment. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I have like I have a serious Ross crush. And so I know it's weird, oh, but I do have wow. a serious Ross crush. And also That's popular. That, I, I know it's I don't know why. And it's not him. It's not that it's not the character. It's the actor. Oh because okay. I, okay, I David Schwimmer. Tell David Schwimmer. I can tell what I feel like I can tell the choices he's making. And I think they're so brilliant that I'm just like I'm in love with David Schwimmer. That's a sidebar. If you're listening, <laughs> like a creative I'm, crush, I'm a, <laughs> that's my great crush. And then the the second part of that is that I did paint my bedroom periwinkle after mm. that Fred, friend's apartment. Like I went yeah. through this whole periwinkle, like trying to get that purple because I was I was in love with it. You know? That's cute. Just, yeah, that's good. Okay, last one. Yes. What's one non living object that you would save from your home in a fire? Non living. Mm-hmm. My grandmother's birth certificate mm-hmm. which i got when she died and it revealed a that my great grandmother was not in fact catholic which is what we were raised as oh. and so that set off my ancestry dna journey and a whole bunch mm-hmm. of other things but it was it's kind of fun to have i, I i'm very careful with that <laughs> I have a lot of liars in my family. So I kind of already knew that there were, you know, some, which is why I'm so fierce about the truth. Kim, oh we gosh, really love so having you. Can, <laughs> could you share with our guests where they can find you? Yes. So my website is mebydesign.com. And we do have, we've been working privately with clients in a couple of different ways, but we're going to be launching a digital series in May and you can start to sign up be listening to this afterward, but May 26th is what it opens. You can still definitely sign up. It's called Designer Smart Cuts. And what we're looking at is really shortcutting your conscious decision-making process in business. So we're going to be offering a variety mm. of different things through that program. The first version of it, I will be doing some live coaching. So it's oh, a great cool. chance to work with me. And it's also a sort of a response to the book because a lot of times people will show up having read the book and be looking to work with me and the investment is much higher now because I I can only serve so many people at once. And right. so this gives me an opportunity to serve way more people. But the book talks a lot about why. And even though there are some sheets in it and things like this, the course, the you know, the smart cuts are all going to be about the how and it gives people another way to work with me but to do some of the how work that I do with my private clients for a more affordable investment really cool 
Awesome. So if they yeah. sign up for your newsletter, they'll hear about it. And yes. Uh, they sign also, up it'll be on your website. On my website, Me by Design. And then we have mebydesign.com forward slash design, designer smart cuts. You could do it that way or just or just go to the website. We have a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Instagram, Me by Design TV. I love it. Yeah. Anyway, I'm so glad we spoke today. Loved talking to you guys. You're excellent. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Bye. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Okay. Like, wow. Guys. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I got really quiet for a while because I was just like, oh my, my God. My mind was I, swimming. It was. And it was, you know how people say that you hear what you need to hear when you need to hear it sometimes. And I yes. just feel like this was like really timely for what's been going on in my head this week and year and hearing the things that i had done that i'm like oh i did that because i thought that's what i had to do and i'm so glad someone else is telling me that's not the only way to make things possible yes so we kind of want to unpack a little bit and we're doing something a little different with our guest episodes so what were your biggest ahas slash takeaways I have so many notes and like little action ideas for myself. But when Kim said that creatives are poised to change the way the world operates, it gave me a sense of empowerment that I haven't felt ever. It it really sat with me for a second. Like chill moment? Like chill Yeah, moment? just like w- creatives are doing the damn thing. And like, I don't want to take interior design too seriously, but... We're coming up with new ideas and different ideas and different approaches to things. And we really have to own how powerful that is and how valuable that is to our society that whether you're an interior designer or, or any type of creative, you know, we, some of us live multiple lives of diff- as different creatives. Like We're what creates new and different in society it's supposed to come from a place of discomfort too which is something that i had forgotten and i'm reminding myself like discomfort is where the when the ideas come a lot of the time Mm -hmm. and to not fight it yeah the new the different the uncomfortable like it's the transformation like mm -hmm. creation is transformation and it doesn't feel good to be a shapeshifter. <laughs> it hurts. Yeah, just like blending in. I feel like I forgot that I was a creative. Not forgot, but I feel like a lot of what I've been absorbing in this industry and listening to coaches or listening to business focused things is the creative gets poo-pooed and downplayed a lot Mm -hmm. in our industry. Like the creative pretty part is 10% of what we do. 90% is service and project management and blah, 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 blah. Profits, percentages, blah, 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 blah. And that might be true. Yeah, totally is true. But it's not why I do it. It's Mm -hmm. a passion of mine. The idea of the creative process and the artist's mind and overcoming vulnerabilities and all these things. It's something that's really uh, important to me. And I feel like it's been like kind of stuffed down. Like it's not taken seriously by design leaders. I'm in line with that. Even during the show when I was talking about like, I don't know how we got to that point, but I do feel like part of it is this idea that we somehow have to like, sell our credibility as professionals like convince everyone else yeah and it's at maybe to some level it's at the detriment of this creative side that there's a reason why we're doing this it's not because everyone can do it in their own home it's not it's there is a sense of magic to creativity and part of what we do is the magic I also think there's an entry, there's several entry points into our industry, which is maybe what's mm-hmm. happened is I personally believe that you can have taste and business sense and be successful in this industry, but not necessarily be taking a creative artist approach. 
Yes. So I think that's like a different. Like you follow the formula. Mm hmm. Yeah. Like you build a formula. Uh Maybe it starts with, obviously everyone has creative ideas. We're human, like we create, but I think there's a way to be in this industry and be successful and yeah, have something a little more systematic and still do great and serve your clients. But I was in a um, designer's happy hour locally the other day and we kind of were talking about this and one of the designers said, I think it really depends if you're coming from a creative person standpoint or a business person standpoint. And it's like kind of how you lead. I'm thinking about that. I don't know what the answer is. I think you need to do both to be successful. But to me, it's way more important to create something new and different every single time. And I know for a fact. And to have a unique perspective. But And I know for a fact that that unless I'm or until I'm Kelly Wurstler. I'm not going to make as much money with that approach. (laughs) You know? I mean, it takes more time to develop it. And I think something that really still jumps out from what we did today, too, was that idea that everyone's definition of what their business success and their happiness and what they want to accomplish is going to be different. And we really have to stop measuring ourselves based off of what someone else's success you know, looks like, because looks versus reality are very different. But yeah, what, what drives me, what supports me, what I want to accomplish is going to be really different for everybody else. And the joy, the, the real, like the commonality is, yeah, we're creatives and designers, but everything else can be completely different. Something else that I'm really trying to lean into more, and it just gave me the motivation to keep doing it is Selling the transformation, helping and encouraging my clients to live differently, to embody who they want to be in their next phase that I'm not, it's not just doing a kitchen. It's the lifestyle that you're living in that kitchen. It's the way your life will be different, the way you'll feel differently when you're in your home. There's something almost fantastical about that idea for clients. And when we can connect with that they will follow you through anything because that's what they're getting and almost being able to sell that fantasy and get them to be part of that transformation and they have to be ready for it which means that our language and the way we act and talk and do things with them has to reinforce that yeah otherwise they just don't get it they don't get it and it's our our brand of creativity is in three dimensions. It's experiential. The process is experiential Mm -hmm. and some of it is in negative, like painful ways for them financially. (laughs) Yes. um, Mess like their house is getting destroyed or whatever. So we have to like focus on what that end experience is going to be. It doesn't just click and magically happen overnight. It has to evolve and, transform like as an active and it process yeah there's so much that goes into it there really is it just motivates me to look at some of my answers that i wrote in her book differently to go back again (laughs) and question did i write what i thought i should have been writing or am i writing what i really want to write to these answers Yeah, I think the idea is to not have an end goal in mind when you're doing some, especially the vision thing. Like Mm -hmm. take each step one by one, letting it unwrap and appear at the end of the process of doing these worksheets. It's almost like, like if you interview for something and you know what they're trying to get to when they ask you an interview question, don't, don't answer the question the way you think it wants you to this is something that for me was like no answer this exactly honestly and truthfully and with as much authenticity as you can muster because when you get through them step by step and you do it 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 comes together it won't make you might be surprised like the best part of some of this stuff is when you're surprised by the answer because you never especially vision stuff you never let yourself 
go there because uh, you don't coming from know like what the path is yet, you know. So, like, and we've been sold so much of what other people want the path to be that we're seeing we other to, people's paths and not. Yeah, we have to peel that off before we can do it. And the great thing about right now and the technology is that we can create our own jobs. Y'all, we all have some work to do to be the the truest version of ourselves to show up every day. Do it. Do the work. I'm going to do well, the work. So until next time. Stay hot, designers. Thanks for joining this meeting of the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Check out the show notes there for links to things we talked about today. We are keeping the conversation going on Instagram, so don't forget to like, comment, and follow at Hot Young Designers Club. You can find Rebecca on Instagram at Studio Plum. And you can find Sean at Renstead Interiors. That's W-R-E-N-S-T-E-D. You go Zoom, preferences, video preferences on the left, and then my video, mm. touch up my appearance. Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> like, you could go full soap opera with it if you want. What? Is this not how I normally look? Yeah, that's... Wait, not. do it again. Ooh, you're an angel. You're an angel in heaven. <laughs>